0: Okay, we're back with the Illenials Podcast bonus episode.
1: Bonus episode.
0: This one we're going to be discussing uh, one of our new favorite franchises, um, uh, The Purge movies.
1: Yes, The Purge. Well, we forgot to introduce ourselves. Oh, that's true. We're getting ahead of ourselves. I'm Smith. I'm Smith. (laughs) We're both Smith here. Wait a minute, we messed up. Start again. I'm Seth. I'm Jeff. <laughs> and we're the Ailenials podcast, yes. And we're, gonna we're
0: gonna here tell to you about talk the purge. We're gonna talk to you about the purge now for a little while. Um, so the purge is a movie that is rapidly becoming a documentary. Um, yes, very quickly. It is <laughs> so retroactively becoming a documentary about America. Um, so I had I had, I never watched the purge when it first came out. Did you? No, no. We I thought you both missed that one.
1: And I didn't watch any purge movies until like. Three weeks ago. And so, uh, there was this one day when I was just
0: like, you know what? Let me check out this Purge movie everybody hates talking about. No one was talking about it. I just, just somewhere in my fevered brain, I was like, let me watch The Purge. People talk about it. People talk about it. Okay. Um, so yeah. And here's the thing about The Purge is before I watched it, I thought it was going to be a dumb schlock horror movie, you know, home invasion slash, uh, crime kind of movie. I don't know. Is that kind of what you thought?
1: Yeah, I thought, I mean, it was marketed as it was kind of going to live in the horror space and still be more of like a thriller. And I think as far as the first Purge movie, not the first Purge, but The Purge, they didn't hit, They didn't miss that mark very, very much. It was pretty much, for me, a thriller that kind of lived in the home invasion horror space. It reminded me a
0: lot of The Strangers.
1: The trailers at least did. The trailers yeah. very much reminded me of The Strangers.
0: Because you got these masked people and they're being all creepy outside the house. And it, it was like the strangers, what if the strangers what Happened, But it was legal. You know, that was sort yeah. of like the thing.
1: And then so, I watched it. Oh, go ahead. So The Purge, And just for anyone who doesn't know by any chance and you're just listening to this for fun, The Purge is, um, especially the first movie, I mean, they're all about this, is about an experimental night in America where for 12 hours on one day out of the year, um, all crime is legal in america from like 8 p.m to 8 a.m or something like that Mm -hmm. um so you know people are out murdering each other stealing stuff people are hiding people are trying to survive and there's no opting in or opting out you are in the purge no matter what and you know so crazy situations are created from there okay
0: yeah And the first movie is about uh, a rich family, which was Ethan Hawke and Lena Headey, I believe, right? Yes. And uh, Ethan Hawke's business is selling security systems to other rich people that will that will protect them during the purge. Uh, Lena Headey is like a housewife, and they have two kids. You know, it's your, it's your typical white American uh, rich family, right? Like, yeah. They live in a rich neighborhood, like a gated community and whatnot, and so it's pretty pretty standard stuff and then during the purge night their son who is kind of not into the whole purge thing he he's like uh kind of against it he opens up the doors and lets in this uh this wounded uh uh uh, black man who is fleeing a uh, um a crowd of what i have termed in my head college republicans
1: yeah that's pretty appropriate
0: And they are chasing him because they want to kill him uh, to, you know, to purge, as they say in the movies. And the family kind of struggles with the idea of should we give him to him or not? Well, I would say that the kids do that. Uh, Ethan Hawke's character is pretty much a villain for most of the movie until he suddenly makes a face turn towards the end. Yeah, that's
1: a fantastic face turn at WWE level.
0: And then he, but he, I mean, he pays in the end a karmic uh, uh, debt because he does die at the end of that movie. Yes, um, he doesn't survive. He's killed by one of the college Republicans, who are then killed by their neighbors, who have decided to prey upon the family of the movie because they're mad that they sold them the security systems and flaunted their wealth. How do you flaunt wealth in a gated community?
1: Yeah, they were like, you show off that you're richer than us. So, we don't like you.
0: And then the family is saved by the black man they took in, who is a veteran as well. And, even from the first movie, that was some pretty powerful imagery to, to me. A, a black, homeless veteran being hunted by these white kids in suits and dresses with guns and knives was pretty pretty powerful stuff.
1: Yeah, that, that wrapped on top of the fact that, in the end, he saves this rich family who, I mean if it were any other day wouldn't give a shit about him in the first place and he still decides to save them um because they did show him a tiniest amount of decency um and it was i don't know it was really cool and yeah because like the first purge i mean you got to think about uh politically when these movies are happening so the first purge not the first purge the purge i hate that no one's called the first purge yeah um the purge starring ethan hawk was it came out during, you know, during our Obama years. Everyone just, we're thinking, hey, things are going to get better. We're chugging along. We're going to get there. So The Purge was kind of a fun movie. It had some political commentary because, you know, political stuff was still happening. But, you know, we're going to get better. We're feeling good about it. So The Purge is a nice little escape, you know. Oh, yeah, what if this were to happen? Wouldn't it be crazy if these new founding fathers uh, took over the country? Um, Which, by the way, so if that's one thing I want you to talk about
0: is – they never tell you in the trailers why the purge happens or what the political situation is in America in these movies. What What's going on?
1: So, yeah, when I first saw the trailers for this movie, I was assuming that this had just been a thing. This is, we're supposed to live in a universe where this is just a thing, you know, that the purge happened. But once you watch the movies, you realize a new political faction has uh, risen the ranks in America, and they're called the New Founding Fathers of America, or the NFFA. And they're, you know... They're basically just really radical Republicans who are, have a lot of um. What do you, what do you want to call it? Religious, I don't even know. They, they just have this really deep religious value that's kind of insidious, if you will. <laughs> and uh, insidious, also starring uh, Ethan Hawke, not really. Um. And they decided to. Once they rose the ranks, they have these—I mean, all their figureheads are these, you know, Jeff Sessions-looking guys, you know, just blank slate white guys who just have nothing interesting on their face.
0: Literally so in election year when the guy who played Arlo Givens plays
1: one of their higher-ups. Just looks like Jeff Sessions. Exactly. I feel like some of this stuff was intentional, Um and so, so they've risen the ranks and one of their their first really big initiative, um, or we don't know this in the fir- in the original purge, we find out this later in the first purge. Their first big initiative, um, once they gain the presidency in America, is to develop this night called the purge. Um, so it happened. So I guess in in the movie the purge, it had been going on for about eight, ten years, maybe maybe less. I think, I think it was twelve years. Twelve years in the first in uh, the original movie. Um, And then, obviously, as time goes on, we get into more and more purges. Um, So, yeah, basically, this radical right-wing religious faction has taken over um, the political system in America. And it's – and, you know, like we just said, this is more radically becoming a documentary. Um, You know, maybe they're not called the New Founding Fathers of America, but we have some really, really – radical shit going on right now in our political system yeah they say that
0: in the in the, the new movie the first purge they say that the new founding fathers of america uh came out of of nowhere and displaced democrats and the republicans and i'm like uh i'm pretty sure that's just the republicans now
1: yeah i mean i think that the, and the movie does a very very good job of putting a new a new face on this because it kind of it does make you think that it shows, it shows an actual change, whereas in reality, we're just saying, oh, they're still Republicans. They're the same old Republicans we've always seen. There's nothing different. Um, when in reality, the Republican Party is getting very different and very radical. And uh, putting a new, a new name on it and a new face on it was a pretty smart thing to do. Um, and I always forget the name of the guy who wrote these movies. His last name is like DeMarcon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that was a really smart move as far as the writing to actually kind of let you know there's been a, a big change.
0: Yeah, like, um, one of the things that the movies is, I've kind of pieced together is the timeline, which is that fir- the first Purge, the most recent movie, takes place in 2014. That's the first experimental run of The Purge. And The yeah. Purge takes place in 2026 or so. Mm-hmm. And I think that election year, the last movie chronologically takes place in 2030. Okay. Somewhere in, in that, and that's sort of like how it is. Because what you don't realize from watching the trailers is, is these are actually, like, sci-fi Alt history movies in a lot of ways.
1: Yeah, they they very much are, and and we get in we're gonna get into all that. But one of the way one of the things I want to point out that really immediately pulled me into the Purge franchise and let me knew that it was gonna be a good thing to talk about on this podcast was I mean literally within the first five minutes of the original Purge movie, um, Ethan Hawke's character is driving home and on the radio. You hear a guy say, this isn't just a time for Crown to be legal. This is a time for the upper class to kill black people, poor people, and minorities. Yeah. And that was when I knew that this movie had a strong political stance and that the guys who write it have at least, I mean, they obviously have a leftist lean on the way they look at things. They might not be full leftist, but they have a very much leftist lean. And that was when I was taken in because, I mean, when you think about The Purge, um, you can make as many jokes as you want about oh you know this is whatever and Donald Trump would probably purge a bunch of people whatever you can make all those jokes but in reality that's exactly what would happen it would be a time for people who who already have all the power to f- physically and violently go out and demonstrate that power to anybody lesser than them
0: yeah it's like it would be so easy for these movies to go up their own ass and like agree with the purge or like or like show it as a neutral thing or an amoral kind of deal. But it's not. It, it takes a direct, definitive stance, which is the Purge is bad, and it is also not a psychological tool for getting out our bad emotions. It is a socio-economic, political weapon wielded by the wealthy to kill the lower classes and reduce the, the strain, as they say, on the government. It's never once, even they don't even once entertain the idea that the Purge helps anyone or serves any purpose other than that, which I think is a very good thing.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing about the movie that's it's really interesting. Is they they never ever romanticize the purge at all. Mm-mm. I mean, even when you have like in the in Anarchy and Election Night, um, our favorite actor in America, Frank Grillo, yeah. comes in and. He starts, you know, he, he has some vendettas, and he has this and that. And there's so many easy opportunities to make Frank Grillo the anarchy badass, and he could, I mean, I mean, anarchy, the purge badass, and he could just go through and blow people's brains out with shotguns, and, like, even if it's bad people he's killing, he could do that. But they never have those kinds of shots. All these, anytime these guys are fighting, any of the main characters, they're doing it for survival, and they're doing it because they want to get the fuck out. Yeah. And... I think, that's an, I think that's incredible because, like, there's so many opportunities to turn this into a fun bloodbath kind of thing. But anytime you see a character fighting, it is for their own fucking life or for the lives of other people around them.
0: Yeah, the movies so. never glorify violence. It's never splatter punk or whatever it is. Literally, violence is, is awful and cruel, and the movies do not want you to, to like it. They want you to look at it and be, and be actually horrified by it and not titillated.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, we can we can move on. So, the, the original Purge, like we said, you know, it ends with... Well, the ending is actually kind of cool. So, the you know, the, the rich families go to kill this one rich family, but then the black guy saves them, and then they they just sit them all in their place and wait for the Purge to be over. They don't mm-hmm. kill any of them. They just wait for the Purge to be over, and then they're like, all right, now you got to live with yourselves for a year, knowing that we know that you want to murder us. Um, yeah. And that was a cool way to end it, um... Like, I I think you're going to find out pretty quickly, the original Purge is probably our least favorite Purge movie. Not because it's bad, but because the next ones just make the series so much better.
0: Yeah. Anarchy is where it really starts to kick off into the, uh, into being, being, I I think, a lot less subtle with its political message. Um. Yes. Being way more out front about it. Because that movie is about, like you said, we have Frank Grillo's character, who's not named in Anarchy. We never find out his name until election night, or election year. Um. He is going out to kill a guy who killed his son in a car yes. in a car accident. He ran over him, and along the way, he comes across um, a, a, I guess what we could say like a, like a, a family of like yuppies, like two white twenty uh, somethings who are having marriage issues.
1: And yeah, they're, Hispanic, like, they're like trying to break up or whatever. But then, and they're about to drive somewhere. but Then their car breaks down, so they got to stick together for a while. Yeah,
0: and a Hispanic uh, mother daughter uh, team who have been, were well, they caught out? Or no, no, their their apartment their, their was invaded by black armored stormtroopers armed with, you know, high-tech military gear.
1: Yes, which is from something fucking, we, we, we discussed more in the first Purge.
0: From, like, a semi-truck, right? These dudes come out of there and start just going room by room in their apartment tenement and just killing everyone. I mean, here's the thing. The movies, from anarchy on, do not pull any punches when they show how the government gets involved in the Purge. And it is always um, white, you know, stormtroopers killing black people and and minorities of other, of other races. That's not, it's nothing but that. That's what it is.
1: Yeah, they don't, like we said, they don't emphasize it. They don't cherry pick. They make a very, very central and directed political message in these movies and... Aside from the first, and once again, the first one still had it. But aside from the first one, they are laser focused on this idea.
0: But, you, like, you, but here's the thing: is you never see those guys going into like a suburban white neighborhood and killing people. Yeah, it's always poor tenement people in the inner city.
1: Yeah, and if these movies weren't set and like, if they were set like kind of where we we're from, you'd see them going in trailer parks. I mean, yeah. it would it would be the same thing. It, we're not. It just happens to low income people and minorities, and it is it's disgusting. It's I mean, and like I said, the, the movies make a very good point of never deviating from that.
0: And and you find out over the course of anarchy that those stormtroopers are part of a larger team that were working for this guy who I think is referred to as Big Daddy in the script. Yeah. Who has like a fucking Gatling gun and shit in his truck, right? And they're hunting Frank Grillo and, and his, his uh, friends now because they, you know, saw him or whatever or survived. Yeah. And they, and they, they, they they took they, out
1: some of their guys. Yeah.
0: Yeah, they were saying that the guy, Big Daddy, wanted the mother and daughter for his personal purging, which is just, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, and at the end of that movie... Oh, by the way, that movie has a great scene where um, Lakeith Stanfield shows up.
1: Yes, our boy Lakeith Stanfield.
0: And he is playing a villainous movie, but he's not there to purge. He is there to sell people for the purge, right? He's there to capture people and sell them to this, this rich group, which I think isn't even a more amazing take in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, there's this fucking group of rich people who are capturing people off the street and auctioning off their deaths in this like uh underground uh, arena scenario where the poor people are just defenseless and the rich people have night vision goggles and special weapons and they just hunt them down in perfect safety.
1: Yeah. And they and they like once again, they don't hold back on these scenes. When you see this underground auction, it is exactly the white nightmare you'd think it would be. I mean, mm-hmm. the lady on the stage who's doing the auction, she is gleeful she like she's acting like she's at the Grand Ole Opry and like she's just she's just auctioning off, you know, Dolly Parton's piano but she's talking about literally the life of some defenseless black person right next to her who is being bound and gagged and can't even speak for themselves and you look out and it's like the oscar night it's all these white people at tables and there's lights on their faces and they're all clapping and they're laughing and they're being they're eating expensive food drinking expensive wine and it's having a good time and but what is happening is just a fucking shocking experience and they, they don't hold back, and then after that, they just, they, they're right next to it, there's this little dungeon, they throw them in there, and they just get to hunt them all they want. And it is. They didn't, they didn't count on count. one thing, did they? They didn't count on Frank Grillo being there.
0: And also, who else shows up, Seth?
1: Who else does? Do you you oh,
0: fucking Michael K. Williams. As Carmelo Jones. Carmelo Jones. Who is a anti-purge, not activist, but literal underground guerrilla leader.
1: Yeah, so, like, in the, first, in the beginning of the movie, you'd just see him on posters and stuff being, like, you know, the Purge is wrong, and, like, one of the girls watches videos of him, um, but then you find out he's, like, a fucking, He had, he's, like, strapped, and he goes out and he actually makes a point for himself, too.
0: Like, he has an underground
1: army, and his
0: lieutenant is the black guy from the first movie, from the Purge, who saved that family of rich people.
1: Yes, they make a point to keep that character around, too, which is a very and- cool addition.
0: Yeah, and so they come in and they save uh, Frank Grillo and them from the rich people who are bringing reinforcements. And there's a big, like, basically a battle scene um, as Grillo and the rest escape. And I thought that was really good because it showed us, like, there was, there is some resistance to this thing that is more than just rhetoric and talk. It is, uh, you know, guns out, like, uh, like defending yourselves.
1: Yeah, and I think that's an ver- important point to make is you can be against the purge all you want, but at some point you're living in it and you're gonna have to do what you can to, you know, make your point and survive during that night.
0: That and I think it, it's a representation of the idea that not all change is gonna come because we politely asked for it and, you know, use politics.
1: Yeah. And yeah, anarchy anarchy just really makes a lot of interesting points. Um you even see some people. You even see some people going out and killing homeless people, mm-hmm. um, um, of all um, races and everything. Just you know, just killing homeless people in droves, and yeah. And then that that movie also has a pretty interesting ending. Oh yeah. So Frank Grillo finally gets to the house of the guy who killed his son. He goes in there. You kind of he goes in there. He kind of he picks him up. You kind of assume that he kills him. And that's when isn't that when the like the SWAT team or whatever like surrounds the place with his friends outside? Yep, Big Daddy shows up with his goons. Yeah, so that happens, and then Frank Grillo comes back outside, and he still has the, the he still has the guy, and the guy's still alive. And he just like throws him out on his front lawn, you know, seeing seeing that Frank Grillo decided not to kill the man, um, because he he realized that maybe that wasn't the point of the night or whatever. And then that's when Big Daddy. Frank Grillo's people and Frank Grillo are all in the front yard, and then you hear the horn, and the purge ends. Well, no. Uh, no
0: wait. You're forgetting one small thing. Oh, what I am. They shoot Frank Grillo.
1: They do. Frank Grillo does get shot. He is not indestructible.
0: And then Big Daddy stands over him and reveals that the reason for his entire thing that night is that the citizens are not participating in the purge at high enough levels, and therefore the government has to step in and do it for them. Yep. And then he gets killed by the girl, the Hispanic. Uh, uh, the, the girl, with, she shoots him, and yeah, then the yeah, yeah. and then the stormtroopers are about to shoot back and kill them, and then the horn goes off.
1: Yes, and I mean that was that was like a pretty big mic drop for the series because yep. I mean, and once again, it's something that is discussed much more deeply in the first Purge, but it goes to show you that this whole Purge thing, like. A lot of times, every time you see the propaganda from the NFFA on the TVs, it's saying that the purge is a necessary night because participation is always at a reasonable level, and it shows that people actually want this night, and people actually want to get these feelings out, and it does actually reduce crime. Um, But then, you know, the whole... that's That's when the whole mask is taken away, and you realize that the government is fabricating this night, and they are... They're doing this because, one, it gets, once again, gets rid of low-income and minorities, and two, it will act, it will end up producing crime for the rest of the year because you're getting rid of the people who sometimes have to commit crimes to get by, people who have to sell drugs or steal or do anything to get by in life. You're just getting rid of them. So that's why crime is going down. And But it shows you that the night isn't necessary and that people aren't necessarily into it and are participating So the government has to make it, make participation themselves. Yeah. It's,
0: it's again, another important moment where the movie refuses to engage with the fiction of, of the the purge as a good thing. It's like, no, it's people don't actually want it. They don't like it and they don't participate enough. So that, so literally the government has to goose the numbers Like they have to, or else they will realize it was all a sham. It's, it's just like showing, it's like looking directly into the camera and telling you the purge is not a good idea and it's just, it's fascism.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, once again, Big Daddy could have just been, he could have just been some rich guy who just actually had fun going out in the Purge and doing all this stuff. That wasn't the case. The, the case it was, was a, that he was being, he was being, his trains were being pulled and so were all of his men. And it was all because they want to kill more people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, the the, the the central lie of these movies, which, which the first Purge, what we'll get into in a second, uh, underlines is the idea that they have to kill the poor because the poor are a drain on society. They see the they see the poor as a drain on society, and there's a reading in this movie where, where that is accurate because the Purge technically works. Because, you know, in the original Purge film, Ethan Hawke's character says that 10 years ago they were struggling to make rent and now they're thinking of buying a boat. So there's like, oh, maybe the economic benefits are actually worth it. And the first purge kind of kind of tells you that's not true. And we'll get yeah. to that in a
1: minute. Um, but, and then also, looking at the, once again, let's look at the political landscape. Um, anarchy came out in what, 2015? I believe so, yeah. So we're getting to the end of our Obama years. We're kind of seeing what's coming up. We're seeing mm-hmm. that there's this new tide of, um, political change is definitely going to take place in America, um, and if if not, uh, it's at least going to change the way people think about politics in America. So this movie was the movie was very politically driven, and that leads us into election year, which mm-hmm. entirely coincidentally came out in twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, they were definitely playing on the uh, the the idea of the presidency, the presidential election, but no one knew. I think when this movie started getting made, that it would be Trump. And his rhetoric would be there, right?
1: Yeah. The I, I marketing like. kind of played into that more, but not the actual movie itself. Yeah. So, Election Year comes out in 2016, and it has some very eerie, uh, what do you call them? Omens, almost, for the future mm. of America. Grim um, portents. Yes, grim portents. So, election year starts off on the premise of, once again, it's about to be purge night. But this year, there is, it's, a, it's the election year in America, and there's a very popular candidate rising through the ranks. Do you remember her name? I don't even remember it. I do not, okay. sadly. Sadly. Um, so, but she's rising through the ranks. She's a, a female, and she's going to run for, she's running for president. She has a very, very popular support, and her whole platform is in the purge, um... So this is the first time we're actually hearing of an, a a for real legitimate political movement to get rid of the purge um, through actual legislation. And her name
0: her name is, is Charlie Roan.
1: Yes, Roan. I, I remember she had a cool last name,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Roan. Um, and the, one of the re- the reason she wants to get rid of the purge so badly and she's wanted to her entire life is because when she was a little girl, her and her entire family were kidnapped by a guy and then uh, tied up. And then all of her family was murdered except her. He left her alive as a message, um, you know, to just leave her with these fucking memories in her head for the rest of her life. And she was really fucked up. So she's wanted to end the Purge her whole life. And now she's finally re- reached the political platform where she can do it. And obviously, it's uh, it's Purge night. So these people who are for the Purge and really like it are after her. And to, to protect herself, she has a higher security team headed up by none other than Frank Grillo. Whose name was revealed to be Leo Barnes. Leo Barnes. So, that's where we start in this movie. But there's also another another set of characters that are very important to the movie. A deli
0: um, owner and his assistant.
1: Deli owner, his assistant, and then his... Is she his daughter? She's not his daughter, is she? No, she's a
0: friend. Her, she's, she's an EMT.
1: She's an EMT, yes. So... Meet this character who, um, one big part that we find out about um, owning a business during the purge is you have to get purge insurance. Obviously, people go through and destroy stuff. Um, And so he's a a black deli owner, and he's having trouble getting his purge insurance because they just raised the price, and he can't afford it. Um, Very, very relatable for anyone in America who can't afford their bills.
0: Yeah, I just want to point out real quick, purge insurance is a perfect representation of the Marxist concept of the tendency of the rate of profit to fall. So, they find more and more ways to needle money out of you. So, of course, the purge is used for an economic platform like more insurance money.
1: Of course. So, he can't afford it this year. And he's like, all right, I'm just going to defend the store myself. Um, and so, the EMT, who we find out pretty quickly, is like supposed to be some kind of, like, for real badass. Like, she's done some really big shit in her life. Mm-hmm. Um. She's there, and she's like, "Okay, you shouldn't do this," but he's gonna do it anyway. Um, he gets harassed by the this uh, group of schoolgirls, or whatever you want to call them. Um, he doesn't let them steal stuff, so they get mad. And they're like, "Okay, well, you're gonna see what happens." Um, so we've got that rising tide happening as well of you know this kind of we're seeing this political landscape, and then we're seeing once again another small scale example of how the purge affects people. And where do we go from there? Um, well,
0: here we should know is that the the presidential candidate, Charlie Ron is being, hunt- she's being attacked, or her, her compound is attacked by, they're not just anybody, they are literal government mercenaries. They were hired by the government, and I think an important note to make about this yeah. movie is... Describe that they how they're,
1: describe how they're dressed real quick.
0: They're dressed like paramilitary dudes, but... They have patches and tattoos of distinct white supremacist symbols. Yes. They got iron crosses. They got swastikas. Like, they are no joke a neo-Nazi paramilitary
1: militia. Yeah, they're like actual white supremacists who are here to do one job and one job only.
0: Which has an interesting uh, 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 sort of like relation to the first Purge, which I can't wait to talk about that when we get to that movie in a second. Yes. But so, like, they take out her security forces, obviously, and they invade the house, and then she escapes with, with Leo Barnes, and we get, of course, our prototypical, like, our, yes, well, actually, no, it's just anarchy in this movie. We gotta run around during Purge Night and survive. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, the Joe, the guy who owns the store, um, is attacked by a girl who tried to shoplift from his store earlier, yes. and that's a very strange scene that happens. Yeah.
1: Yeah, They show up in was... these, like,
0: <laughs> like, cars wrapped in Christmas lights. And they have on weird, like, prom dress kind of scenarios.
1: Yeah. They also have AKs and, and chainsaws. Yeah, they're, like, plated and stuff. And it's, like, they have, like, some for real weaponry on them. Like, I don't understand how these high schoolers afford this stuff. They must have nice parents or some friends who are into illegal shit because they have, like, really nice shit. Um, and that seems kind of weird, because in that one, he just, like, shoots at her once, and then she leaves and says she's going to come back. Um,
0: Which she does.
1: I mean, she does, but it was just weird that she comes strapped and everything. She gets shot at once and is like, all right, I'm going to come back later when you don't have any more bullets, I guess. Um, So, Barnes
0: and, and the presidential candidate, Lady Roan, they are attacked in the street by what are... um called purge tourists yes they're
1: people who from other countries who get to come to america on purge night and i guess get some kind of short-term visa and can participate in the purge since america is surprisingly the only country in the world that does this in this alt history (laughs) (laughs) and they they are about to
0: be killed but then uh uh the store owner joe joe and his assistant marcos they take out those dudes and rescue them. And that's when the girls with the chainsaws and the AKs come back to attack the store where everyone's hold up. And there's a, you know, a, a course, a heroic moment where the EMT lady shows up and just lays waste to them.
1: Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And by the way, the EMT lady, she actually has a job we've never, or not a job, but she voluntarily does something we've never really seen before in the movies. Is She drives around in Purge Night in like a armored ambulance and helps people out who like are hurt and can still live or whatever.
0: Yeah, they're like a uh, uh the Red Cross during a night when the Red Cross stays home. Yeah. And but- y- so they escape and through a series of of events that occur after that, this this Neo Nazi. Oh, by the way, there's a great moment where the the ambulance where everyone's hiding in is co- is like not confronted or like approached by a large group of Crips. Yes. And this is the best it- scene. <laughs> It turns out that the Crips just want medical help for one of their friends, which yeah. they give him, and then in return, the Crips take a bullet that was uh, that was shot into Leo Barnes, uh, which has a tracker in it, mm-hmm. and they plant it somewhere else. And the neo Nazis show up to find the, uh, the the bullet, and they turn around and there's just like sixty Crips waiting for them, and they just lay waste. Just destroy these neo Nazis in a very great
1: scene. Very, very satisfying, especially in our current political landscape.
0: And eventually, through a series of events, the presidential candidate winds up in the hidden base of those anti purge rebels we saw in Anarchy.
1: Yes, and they have like a they have a much bigger operation going on now. And come to find out, they have a, they have a plan to use a tunnel system to get under the uh cathedral or whatever that these uh new founding fathers of america are using to hold their annual purge night rituals yes
0: also i just looked it up so i want to be sure the the black guy from the very first from the original purge movie who is an anarchy and this one his name in the the movies he has also name. it is dante bishop that's great and so yeah, they have a plan to go kill the founding, the new founding fathers, and basically, I, I assume, like, start a coup, right? Like, that's what it is. Yeah, it but is. but it'll be totally legal.
1: Yeah, get rid of them, and you know, face the face what's happened in politics to tomorrow. And uh, so yeah, th- at, that, at this point, um, while
0: fleeing the city, uh, Rowan, her she her like uh, car is hit, and she's taken by the neo Nazis to this cathedral where they're going to sacrifice her as part of Purge Night. So of course the heroes have to go and save her. Yes, and there's a big shootout, and uh, uh, yeah, at the end they save her. Uh, Dante Bishop is killed fighting the leader of the neo Nazis, but Leo Barnes takes him down in very brutal hand to hand combat.
1: Yes, and it's actually kind of cool.
0: It was a it was actually a really for a, for a, for a, for a film series that I wouldn't say is very actiony. Uh, that was a pretty good fight scene.
1: Yeah. I would say that um, we'll talk about it in a minute, but the first purge kind of hits like a real big action stride in the series. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they do once again. All the fighting is for survival or for you know saving other people. And Frank Grillo has a pretty good uh, uh, fight out fight with these guys, so it's pretty nice.
0: And they want to then kill the presidential candidate for the New Founding Fathers, but Rowan convinces him not to, saying that. It will make him into a martyr. And so they release him with the knowledge that they could have killed him. And two months later, she wins in a landslide.
1: Yes, so she wins. And that's kind of where the movie ends. But there is a very interesting piece of dialogue um, you can hear on the TV when um, after Rowan wins, it's it comes out that there's uh, obviously there's these uh, pro-Purge uh, protesters who want to keep the Purge and are going to and are willing to fight for it. Which is kind of where we theorize the next actual uh, chronological Purge movie is going to take place. Yes.
0: But then that brings us to... Well, actually, I want to talk about it just for a second. Yeah, 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 let's uh, talk. The Purge election year is a fantastic, in my opinion, addition to the franchise. It's a good movie. Yes. Because I think that its, it's politics are extremely radical, but it didn't know at the time it was being made how radical it would wind up being.
1: That's very true. Because you, like, if... In the alternate history where Hillary wins the election, this movie is just super radical. Still a good movie, but just like, oh yeah, it's just wild, you know? Yeah, it's like... Um,
0: I think that the ending movie where, where Charlie Rowan wins was made in that universe where Hillary Clinton wins the presidency, but unfortunately we got the the uh the ending where the other guy wins yeah and
1: in and, and our version of the purge Rowan was actually murdered by the new founding fathers and so was frank grillo yeah yeah um, unfortunately so what was i about to say uh. <laughs>
0: um but yeah so it's it's a movie that uh um has a lot more to say about the politics of the the Purge than the other ones do. Like, the actual politics behind like, the New Founding Fathers and their whole deal. Which, by the way, have you you ever seen their symbol? Yes. It's like an eagle clutching a machete and an AK-47 in it's claws. It's ridiculous. It's, it's like, it's comically wild. And, uh, and this movie just kind of like, it has, it it has, in my opinion, a, a happy ending.
1: Yeah, because... You could consider this movie, depending on what happens in the rest of the series, but this could be considered the final purge. Mm-hmm. So,
0: um,
1: obviously, things are gonna when they decide. I, I guess we haven't confirmed they're gonna do another movie in the chronological order, but let's hope they do. Because um, yeah, so it's yeah. a good
0: series, I like it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I was absolutely blown away. We watched me and you. We watched these movies together like three weeks ago, and I was absolutely blown away by how good they were. So, so yeah. Which is why this year on 4th of July, I made it a point to have a day off work. So I was like, you know what? Let's go see a goddamn movie. <laughs> and I made it the first purge. Which, before we even get into obviously it's about the first ever purge that ever happened. Um, and the first experiment, as it was called. But before we get into that, I just want to mention that a few months ago, this movie made the best political move ever where... The first poster for it, before it was even a trailer. The first poster? Was just a red MAGA hat that instead of saying, Make America Great Again, it said, The First Purge. Yeah, and, definitely pulling no punches. Very strong political message. And that, that's, immediately, I was into it. And this is, I still, when I saw this poster, I had never seen a Purge movie before. And I was still like, I have to see this movie, no matter what. Um, so yeah, obviously... When, now that we have the first Purge, the the writers, the directors, they know that we're living in the Purge universe. The one where Donald Trump is president and where the world is on fire. And now they can they can say and do whatever they want. And they do. Yeah, in this
0: one, we learn that the first ever Purge was an experimental program that was run on Staten Island in New York. yeah. And one of the very important things they come out straight out and tell you is that The people participating in the Purge were paid $5,000 to stay on the island during that night. And they don't fuck around with you on this. That's a lot of money for those people. That's a ton of money. That's life-changing money.
1: Yeah, they have like literally flashing billboards that say, you know, $5,000 if you stay, all that kind of stuff.
0: And then also they offer... More money for participation, which I guess means killing people. They're not. yeah, I'm not guessing. They say it. If you kill people, you get more money.
1: Yeah they they give you the they give everybody these contact lenses that have like video in them, and you can, they can see stuff and see what you do. And their whole idea is the more you participate, the more money you're gonna get from this experiment.
0: Which I think, first off, just just undermines the entire purge because it's not a psychological release. It is.
1: It is an economic incentive. Exactly. Their whole their whole point in the very beginning, and in this movie they even have a psychologist played by Marissa Tomei who comes in, and their whole point is that people want this and that if they do this, it's going to make them feel better for the rest of the year and that they won't do any, as many bad things. But as soon as you incentivize them, you you know you're wrong. You're saying that this isn't what people want. This is what you want, and you're going to pay them to get what you want.
0: Yeah, you, know, you compromised the the validity of your test. Which, first of all, this is a dumb fucking experiment. Shame on you, Marissa Te- May's character. Shame on you. Yeah. But like, it's you've compromised your entire experiment, and you've also completely, one hundred percent, made this night an economic issue. It's not it's not psychological. It's not even political. Really, it's it's for, it's political for the people in charge. But for the folks that are on the island participating, it's an economic thing.
1: Yeah, so all this is being brought about by one of the new founding fathers. He's not—he's not the president. He's just what is he? What is the guy who does? What is his role politically? The guy who's um, like carrying out this experiment.
0: He—he he says he's the chief of staff for the NFFA. So he's like—I think he's what uh, Rince Pubis used to do.
1: Okay. Yeah. So Rince Pubis—he's um, basically him and. I told you that all these guys, in the new founding fathers, are just blank slates of people. But I want you to imagine the blankest slate you've ever seen. <laughs> this man looks like white Plato that got hit by a shovel, and he is just appalling to look at. Like there are some people who are white, but you know there's some there's some color in their body. Like there's like there's that like red because you know there's blood inside of them. This man has none of that. This man is actually just a white being. And his face is so goddamn flat, you could put a fucking ball on it and it wouldn't even roll. Okay? Only know know his fucking... name,
0: by the way. You know yeah. His name
1: is, is a character is? What? Aldo Sabian. Wow. That is way too interesting of a name for that man. <laughs> his real name is like Will Johnson. Okay? <laughs> and... you know, no kidding. That is just... That is a crime against humanity, and that's his name. Yeah. So... This guy is the one who's the figurehead for this whole thing, and it's like, oh, yeah, people want this. And goddamn, he's just so fucking white. It is just disgusting. And then Marissa Tomei plays the psychologist, or whatever you want to call her, who's on his side. May Updale. May Updale, who is like, oh, yeah, Uh, according to my research, people want this. And she has all her theories about how the night's gonna go, and... ...what it's going to do for people psychologically... ...and they're doing all these tests... ...and interviews and such... ...and... ...even then... ...the whole premise is flawed with the whole money thing... ...but... ...we start to meet an interesting cast of characters... ...we have... uh, ...Dimitri... ...who is a big time drug dealer... ...in Staten Island who has a whole... ...you know... ...gang, crew, whatever you want to call them... ...who works for him... ...and has his back and on Purge Night... It's going to be big for them because in, any of their enemies and other gangs can come kill them, can come take their money, so they have to be careful.
0: I mean, I have a strict provision about not participating in the purge. Yeah,
1: no purge participation, unless, unless absolutely provoke no uh, participation of your own in the purge. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we meet Naya, who is, uh, we find out, a former paramour of Dimitri. Um, and she's a strong anti-purge protester, and she has a little brother Whose name is like Isaiah. Alex Isaiah, um,
0: and she she provokes or she em- embodies some very potent like I think in my opinion like sixties you know anti-authoritarian you know Black Panthers ish type activism you know standing on top of cars with yeah. microphones, yelling about stuff I mean, a important lot
1: of, things a lot of parallels to the Black Panthers um, especially inside of her character mm-hmm. um, her plan for the night is there a bunch of the people are gonna ho- are just gonna hole up in the church. Uh, pray together, try to have a safe night, and hope that everyone joins them and doesn't participate in this purge. Um, Isaiah? Yeah, the, yeah.
0: the general belief in this movie is that the purge will not be as bad as everyone thinks. You know, it's it's a typical, like, uh, from our perspective, like, oh, it won't be as bad as everyone thinks, and then it is.
1: Yeah. And there's one other character who a uh, little interesting in the movie. Uh, a man who... In reality, would definitely be in some kind of psychiatric facility and not be allowed on the streets. Um, uh, do they ever give him a name? Uh, he is just known in the movie as Skeletor. Skeletor. He couldn't even come up with an original name for himself. No. Um, but he is a dude who... He's, at, he's the very first thing we see in the movie. He's being interviewed about how the Purge would affect him... And he's just—he's a fucking madman. He's just yelling and screaming and spitting and biting and just saying that, you know, oh, I wouldn't feel—I wouldn't feel this way if I had a—if I could purge all these feelings for myself. And then that's where they get the idea for the name of the purge. Um, so yeah, he's—and I was under the premise that this guy was a man who was locked up for multiple violent crimes, and they were just trying to get his opinion about stuff. But no, he's a man who's actually on the streets in Staten Island. And even uh, takes out a razor blade and cuts Isaiah at one point because Isaiah won't make a drug deal with him or something.
0: I want to point out, by the way, that Skeletor has literal facial scars he has made himself, like in patterns.
1: That's, yeah, he has, that's the like level a, of
0: folk that we're talking about.
1: He has, like, basically, uh, well, what I'm assuming is actually like a crown around his head mm-hmm. of um, facial scarring, like you would see in uh, some tribes in Africa, I've seen do it. Um, v-
0: various warrior cultures throughout history have, yeah,
1: yeah, and so that's literally what he's doing, and he he just he's a madman, and it's a it's a pr- very interesting addition to the movie. But he is obvious he is obviously very pro purge.
0: Yeah, my opinion on this was that it was a pretty clever commentary on the state of our mental health uh, uh, facilities in America, where this guy's is walking in the streets, you know, allowed to do you know whatever he wants. Yeah, it's like. Uh, you know, you're saying he should be locked up, and I, 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 I don't agree with the idea. Like, I don't agree with the terminology of locked up, but I do agree that he should have been in a facility to help him or whatever. Mm-hmm. But he's not, and I think that's on purpose. The movie is, is deliberately trying to t- to show you, like, hey, this is how bad it is in this in this w- version of the world, which is not so different from your own, where people like this guy cannot get the help they need. Yeah, and he's just. I mean, he's just out roaming the streets, getting high and and cutting people on the on on street corners. You know, it's a uh, it's it's uh, I thought a pretty clever um, uh, commentary. I could be wrong about that. It could be unintentional. But that was just my reading on it. Yeah. But yeah, he is definitely one of the more wild characters you've ever seen in the Purge movies.
1: So, eventually, the. Purge uh, commences finally. Um, Naya is under the impression that Isaiah is going to Brooklyn uh, on a bus Mm -hmm. and he will be safe. Isaiah has decided that since he's so mad at Skeletor for what he did to him, he's going to stay behind, participate in the purge with a gun, and try and kill Skeletor. And then obviously, um, Dimitri, his boys have him put up in a penthouse, you know, with all the nice stuff, and they're going to keep him safe or whatever. this is where the uh, rising action of the movie takes place.
0: Yeah, the inciting incident is a dual scene of uh, a Purge party, is what they're having. Yes. Which is just, like, everyone going out in the street and partying uh, instead of, like, killing each other, which yeah, which is, is something we see in,
1: actually, every Purge movie, pretty much.
0: Yeah. I think in the future ones, they become less... or the future-ish ones, they, they become less out there in the open. They become more, hey, let's protect ourselves, but we can also have a good time, right?
1: Yes, it's, in the first, in the original movie we see it as something that, that ri- the rich families do in that neighborhood. They have their security systems, have everyone come in and just drink and eat and have fun because they have that luxury. Yeah. And then,
0: during that party, Isaiah is there looking for Skeletor, and Skeletor does show up, unknown to Isaiah, and participates a little bit, and at the same time, Dimitri is being, uh... Entertained by two women that they have been brought to him no. by his, uh, his his boys
1: prostitutes I mean, prostitutes i suppose we can, we can say that word they're prostitutes
0: and at the same time uh skeletor kills someone with a knife and the women attack dimitri and there's a little bit of a fight scene and he under, he realizes that his rival capital a uh sent the, the women to kill him and the party freaks out and runs away when skeletor starts killing people And the purge really sort of starts to get, to get more purgy. Get serious. Um, And Isaiah tries to confront, by the way, real quick, let's talk about Skeletor's gear.
1: What's his loadout for this, Seth? He has three syringes taped to his knuckles, which I'm assuming are just there for the stabbing power and don't actually have any chemicals in them, but maybe they do. And then he has a knife. That's about it. Does he have one more thing?
0: No, I mean it's just the the insanity of that gauntlet of, of syringes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this it's it's just wild what this man is doing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, from there we don't have to, we don't have to describe the whole plot. From there, no. movie happens. Um. There's some pretty interesting scenes throughout. Uh, there's one really very very directed scene where um Nia is trying to save Isaiah because she's found out that he's uh he's actually out there in the purge night. And she gets she gets caught by this trap and they pull her into the sewer and this guy starts trying to like grab her genitals or whatever and she's able to wrangle herself free because she has pepper spray and as she's running away she calls him a pussy grabbing motherfucker yeah and obviously a line directed right at our president
0: and um, but yeah I think that the most important scene in this movie is when uh, in the control room right Marissa Tomei's character and the whitest man ever are talking about how there's low participation rates. And then he makes a phone call. And all of a sudden, these gangs show up on motorcycles and in cars with the, with the Iron Cross. And it's like white supremacists are pouring out of nowhere to kill people. And uh, Marissa Tomei's character investigates and realizes that these are, govern- are mercenaries hired by the government to go in and kill people to make the Purge seem more effective than it actually is. Exactly.
1: And it's... uh. It's where all the stuff that you've known about the Purge uh, the whole time kind of culminates. And it's the moment where you realize that this is a universe where the American government has decided that they're so tired of low income and black people that they're going to kill them themselves. And, In- gonna, and they just literally, I mean there's scenes and scenes and scenes of these guys going into apartment complexes places, at streets, whatever and just laying waste. Not Taking, not even leaving some survivors. Anybody who survives, it's because they did it themselves. They just open up fire and murder everything they see.
0: A church, tr- Like the church. The church that Naya was at. The yep. church. They kill almost everybody there. Only a couple survivors make it out. A church that is, by the way, full of nothing but black and Hispanic people. And some very elderly white people. Yes. And children. Yeah. Yeah. And they... The movie shows what I... From, I I'm no expert on urban demographics. From what I've seen and read is this is a very accurate mix of people. There are, there are, you know, in these low-income areas, you have black people, you have Hispanic people, and you have poor old white people, like, who have lived there for, you know, a generation and wouldn't leave. And it's very accurate to what you'd actually see in these inner-city areas. Yeah.
1: And so the whole movie kind of... Uh kind of culminates in the scene inside of um the apartment complex that naya lives in um it was supposed to be the epicenter of the purge in the first place is what they kept talking about on the news and so this is i mean these dudes are coming in they are in what is almost exactly nazi regalia and they're going, going a, through Go real ahead. quick
0: before that happens though there's a there's a sort of like a, a, oh, a scene yeah that builds up to that where a couple of community i guess community like legends these three old guys are under attack from these mercenaries who are no shit, dressed exactly in KKK hoods, not even fucking around. It's literally KKK outfits.
1: Yeah, they're actual white supremacists. And that's when Dimitri and his crew come in and take those guys out.
0: And by the way, there's that. De- what an amazingly powerful bit of imagery of these black gang members taking down, you know, guys in literal KKK hoods with machine guns.
1: Yeah. So... Uh, Demi- every, every one of Dimitri's men gets killed by machine gun drones, so whenever the scene in the apartment complex is happening, Dimitri's trying to go in and save Naya and as many people as he can, and he has to do it by himself, which is yeah. kind of where the, the movies, not re- they still don't romanticize it, but it's the first time that it's like, it's this one guy, it's kind of like a diehard kind of moment, it's just one guy who's just so good at fighting and shooting that he goes in and just takes out all these people, um,
0: like, that, that fight in the stairwell, which is sort of like the centerpiece action part of this movie, is still very brutal. And it's not like he's just taking guys out with one hit or shooting yeah. them, like, straight
1: up. It's like, it's a struggle. It's a literal life-or-death struggle. Yeah, and then the one time that he, like, unmasks one of these dudes, uh, it's the perfect... They got the perfect person to play this dude. It, it was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white motherfucker. Yeah. And... Uh, so, yeah, Dimitri's trying to work his way up because Nia lives on, like, the 13th or something floor... Um, he's working his way up. He's taking out guys as he can, and there's this one guy. Um, I can't even describe just the kind of person this guy. He looks. Oh, like I he, can. Go ahead. He
0: is. He is fucking. If M Bison was even more Nazi and real.
1: Yes, that's actually just great. a giant of a man. So this M Bison guy is going through, and I mean, he looks like he could gentrify a neighborhood by looking at it. He's so like <laughs> um he and he is like he is actually like it's 17 feet tall and he has a shot a pump shotgun and he is just going through with his man and just murdering these black people
0: like room to room how, like like urban warfare tactics it is not fucking around and there's yeah. resistance right who was shooting back yeah and they even have a line earlier about how the government was was flooding the street with weapons that were cheap and super good and they're fighting back, and there is not a single moment in this movie, in this in this scene, where it is not these white stormtroopers killing and, and being shot at back by black people and Hispanic people. It's the movie is like he's looking directly into the camera and going, Do you see the
1: racism? It's happening right here. So that goes on, and it gets to the point where the stormtroopers are in Nia's apartment, and Dimitri is he's reached there and he's trying to help them out help him find a way to get rid of these guys. Um, And this is probably, this is one of my biggest complaints with the whole movie is, at this moment, um, Skeletor drops in. He kills like one or two of the stormtroopers and then they all just turn around and blast him with bullets and murder him, which is kind of bad. I kind of wanted him to have a better end. I kind of wanted Isaiah or somebody else to kind of get some kind of revenge on him. Um, But I mean, once again, it's kind of the point of the movie.
0: I thought he was in the apartment. He was. No, no, he came in from outside, though, in the hallway.
1: Yeah. Oh, you thought he was inside of the apartment.
0: Yeah, because remember they said that scene where there was blood on the floor, and Naya said it was it was Isaiah's, and she thought she cleaned it all up? I thought that he had snuck in and was hiding somewhere was going to spring out at an in-
1: inopportune moment.
0: Uh, I, it was a really weird bit of what I thought was foreshadowing, but I guess not.
1: Yeah, so... So that happens, and then, I'm not sure what you call the device that Dimitri uses to kill these guys? or C4. Oh, it was just regular C4? Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he throws some C4 out into the hallway, shoots it, misses, and then the uh, Justification Jones shoots him, and then he shoots it again. It blows up. You know what happens when C4 blows up. Destroys. Well, don't, oh. don't
0: forget what they had, what the white supremacist guys had. Oh, yeah, they
1: had a fucking rocket launcher.
0: (laughs) No shit, rocket launcher. They're about to shoot into a fucking bedroom.
1: Yes, just to murder a bunch of disadvantaged people. And C4 blows up. They win, if that's what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they make it out. They hear the purge bells. Purge is over. They make it out. And the movie ends. Yeah.
0: They're like what are we going to do now? We have to we got to fight.
1: Yeah, the movie takes. I mean, of course. Then in the credits, you see the um, shovel faced white guy come out and say, um, "Oh, it was a big success, so we're going to roll out a nationwide purge soon." Um, obviously, that's the setup for the rest of the movies. Um, and then what the, the, the oh. way phrase
0: it is so that any citizen can participate.
1: Yes. And uh, another interesting scene that I mean. It's pretty obvious that it happened, is that um, once Marissa Tomei finds out that they're doing this, uh, Shovelface Jones has them go out and just murder her. She has her, they oh, yeah. to a parking lot, and they just fucking mur- kill her.
0: They do her so, dirty on that one.
1: Yeah, because but obviously that would have been a stain on what he wanted to do with the future.
0: But there's a very interesting moment in that conversation where she's talking to that guy. Where she accuses them of even of even fucking with the economic numbers of the country to make the purge seem more like it was more necessary. Like yes. she makes the accusation that this whole thing is founded on fiction. Because here's the thing, the whole the entire economic crisis we find ourselves in uh, in our current day is based on fiction. Because the guy, fucking moonface boy. Tells her they exhausted every other option, and I say, as a Marxist, no, you did not, because he says they don't, want, the people don't want them to raise taxes, and I said, all the think about was which people don't want you to raise taxes, because I'm pretty sure I know who is the one saying this. Yeah, it's the rich, it's the wealthy, and I think that her accusation is very important because I believe that she is she is acknowledging the fact that. The economic crisis is completely artificial because our system is built to fail, and that's what she's talking about in a, in a roundabout sort of way.
1: Yeah. Before we give some more thoughts, real quick, I want you to we'll do this. We'll rank the Purge movies.
0: I think I'm gonna I'm gonna now put uh, the first Purge on top as my favorite one. Really? Yeah, and I think then we have um, we have Election Year, Anarchy, and the original Purge.
1: Wow, I'm actually, I go, uh, we're, we're almost the same. I go election year anarchy, first purge, and then uh, the original one.
0: I can see that. I can definitely see that.
1: The first purge for me, it, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, but there were some things that took me out of the movie. I, the terrible green screen with Marissa Tomei at one point really threw me off. Wait, which one was that? It was it's near the very beginning of the movie where they're like they're su- supposedly standing outside of the booths where they're like interviewing people oh, and it's yeah. her and the president and like it was like a rest of development season for Henry Winkler level green screen
0: <laughs> Oh yeah you're right it didn't look pretty bad
1: And then also the in the the scene where they're killing where they're killing the KKK guys um, terrible blood splatter effects I True. mean this movie has enough budget to have some Good blood effects if it wants and it was like actual After Effects YouTube video level quality and I was just very thrown aback by that and yeah I, th- I think it, it definitely makes the most radical message mm-hmm. but it had a distinct lack of Frank Grillo so that's true um, I think most
0: of our audience players know who Frank Grillo is uh, plays- I think
1: that's insane I think they definitely know <laughs> who Frank Grillo is
0: you probably saw him in the Marvel movies. He was in Winter Soldier first as, like, the, like, sort of like this number two guy to Captain America who turns into a bad guy,
1: yeah, and in Age of
0: Ultron, he was Crossbones or whatever.
1: Yeah, his name was, like, Face or something. <laughs> Face.
0: Um, I do want to say something real quick, though, about the First Purge. I'm reading, uh, I popped up in the Wikipedia page for this to look at the critical response thing, which I always find to be interesting. And it says that currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it holds a 52% rating. It does.
1: It has a Rotten rating on uh, Rotten Tomatoes.
0: And this quote, the critical consensus reads, quote, The first purge should satisfy fans of the franchise and filmgoers in the mood for violent, vicarious thrills, even if its subtextual reach exceeds its grasp.
1: Yes, I I was actually just about to bring up that blurb that I read from Rotten Tomatoes because... It is what I would call a comfortable reading of the movie in <laughs> that people who actually believe that our political landscape could never get this radical will watch this movie. And even after all the stuff we've seen in the past year or two, they'll still say, oh, this is just fantasy. Whereas in reality, the this movie, in my opinion, really doesn't even reach that far. Th- this movie, the... The plot and the whole uh political landscape in it is not that far of a reach from what we're in now. And um I was not surprised by this movie in that way.
0: I would argue from a writing perspective that this bullshit about subtextual reach is not subtext. It's, it's the not, text.
1: Yeah, there is this movie these movies are not big on subtext. Okay? I know people use subtext. They're cowards. Yes. Uh, <laughs> But it
0: says that according to um, Cinema Score, people who were polled gave it a B minus on an A plus to F scale. Which I think the people have a better gauge this movie than the critics
1: do. Yeah, I mean, much like all the purge movies, it's not a perfect movie, but no. it's good and it makes a good point. And I actually take back what I just said because I actually think the purge movies might be perfect. I don't know yet. <laughs> I got I'm gonna rewatch them a bunch, but there, I fucking love them. And I was I'm very sad I haven't been keeping up with this franchise from the beginning. Because
0: it's like the marketing, I think, does a disservice. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't let you know what it's really about. Maybe, maybe yeah. for its benefit, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's the the first Purge. Great movie. Another, another good addition to the franchise. And the Purge films. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna make this declaration right now, here and now, on the Linus Podcast. Um, the Purge franchise are the most politically relevant movies being made today.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I don't even think it's fucking close.
0: They are the Metal Gear Solid 2 of movies when it comes to deciphering our current uh, ec- like global economic and political uh, situation.
1: Yep, I 100% agree. They uh, they don't pull punches, and yeah, they're just not afraid. And it's this guy who makes them, I think, I think his name is like Joe DeMarcon or something, who it's writes James DeMonico. James DeMonaco. Um very, very smart guy. I, I, I want to I wanna see if I can find some interviews to this guy, because he, he seems like he really has a good grasp on what's going on.
0: Hey, he really likes Staten Island, because his first movie was called Staten Island. Mm-hmm. The first Purge is set on Staten Island, mm-hmm. and his next movie is called Once Upon a Time in Staten Island. Wow.
1: I, I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess and say maybe he's from Staten Island.
0: <laughs> Possibly so. Also, I will say this as well. The Purge movies are movies that fundamentally believe in the inherent goodness of human beings. Because the heroes of these films are people trying to do good in a terrible world, in a bad situation. And they are, they are also movies about how people don't want to participate in this awful system they've built. And that their hands have to be forced by the strong and I think that that is a, a, a reflection that people are fundamentally good and we're twisted into into monsters by society.
1: If you haven't figured it out yet, listeners, the purge is capitalism.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, it is. That's exactly what it is. It's a system that these people are being forced into, even though they would really like a way out.
0: And so I think that's why they're probably the best uh, movies for, for to
1: look at for uh, pol- political observations in our current time. Yeah, so... As of right now, out of out of ten purges, how many purges would you give the Purge franchise? I give it ten purges. Ten purges. I'm the, I'm right there with you. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know. I've never been this surprised by a franchise of movies in my, in maybe a long time.
0: But yeah, if if you are like us and you slept on the Purge movies for a long time, go go watch them right now.
1: Yes, they're they're absolutely incredible. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward for more of them. Yeah,
0: they if they can maintain this level of uh, of political sort of, uh, of commentary, yeah, bring it on. I'm yep. I'm into it. Lay it on me, and I will forever love critics saying it's not it's not subtle or it's it's not it's it's uh, it's, it's the movie doesn't is not like a fan of subtlety. I'm like, no, it's not. Of course, it's not. It has yes. to. It
1: can't be because movies try movies have tried to be subtle for fucking fifty years and no one's gotten the goddamn point. So we're done with subtlety. Like, I was looking also at the Purge election
0: year, and it says that, uh... It says, um... It isn't particularly subtle, but the Purge election year's blend of potent jolts and timely themes still add up to a nastily effective diversion. Yep. Yeah, that's what it is. A nastily effective diversion. I'm very diverted from my, from, from the world when I look at the Purge election year. I don't think anything about what's happening in our in our lives.
1: Yeah, these, uh... I <sighs> gotta, gotta get some better reviewer. I wonder what Armand White thinks about these movies. <laughs> I'll add up at some point. I'm sure it's great. Yeah.
0: But yeah, I think this is this is probably our longest bonus episode. Probably one of our longest episodes ever. But yeah, we love these the, movies. They deserve it. I think.
1: Yep. Well,
0: All that's right, until well. we do our
1: that's until we do our Fast and Furious Bible.
0: That is true. We got to talk about the movies too. Those are very those are very important films. Yeah. The as second
1: well. most politically relevant series of movies in America. <laughs>
0: Well, hold on now. We have a lot of bad boys. That's true. <laughs> um, so, yeah. I think that's an episode of a, a bonus episode of lineals Podcast. Yeah.
1: No outro for the bonus episode. No. I'm Smith. I'm Jeff. And we're out. Yep.